Hey, this is Mike Herrera. You're listening to Magnified Pod. This is a yelling podcast. From poking at you to plants and everything in between, this is Magnified Pod, the only podcast that discusses culture, religion, politics, and the entire discography of everyone's fair left coast punks, MXPX. Mm-hmm. And we're back. Yeah, baby. Yeah, baby. And um, welcome. My name is Andrew. I am John. I almost... Did you did you catch it that I was about to move on? <laughs> That's good. But, but we often like, don't uh, remember to do that. No, we do not. So I'm glad I caught it right at the top. Yes, John. Today is a very special day for for many reasons, <laughs> but um, one of them being is uh, it is on the day we're recording, Saturday, October twentieth. It is Tom Wisniewski's forty second birthday. Cheers, bud. Cheers, bro. Um, and for for this birthday, we will toast you. We have some Highland Single Malt Scotch mm. Whiskey, mm. the Macallan uh, 12-year-old Scotch that I um, thought it would be, since you are Scottish-born, well, why not toast a little to, to yeah. our boy? Mm. Mm-hmm. We have so many different potential alcohol sponsors at this point <laughs> we do we yeah this is this is this is the time guys if you if you want to jump on yep. jump on the magnified pod train <laughs> then this is it. now's your opportunity yep so i hope tom has an amazing birthday mm-hmm. and um we we are not letting the booze train stop here oh no because as i posted on the gram earlier this week i got the silver city oh shit best life ipas Mm -hmm. and we are going to crack these open we're not we're not waiting until (laughs) you know 20 minutes into the pod to crack these open this is this this is not happening the can is beautiful it is here take a look at that you got the pokenage punk got that punk busting through yeah nice matte finish on the yeah, can design yeah the the it's so for people who haven't had a chance to see it it is a it's a label it's not imprinted on on the can but it it has a really nice uh shimmer to it mm-hmm. it's it doesn't feel like it's not a low quality label by no, any really stretch good. it looks really great and i think uh it it has you know the both both sides of it the the punk on one side the best life ipa on the other oh shit i forgot i had wait do i have them they sent something cool oh no did i forget to bring them did we finally get some free stuff <laughs> no they no. uh of course they not. sent <laughs> Oh, here they are. Ooh. Woo. What do we got? Silver City Ooh, Brewery Coasters. Nice. Rest my yeah. can on there. <laughs> That's what I like to do. I like to rest my can on things. <laughs> yeah, you do. Uh, These yeah. are cool. Yeah, established 1996. By Andy Husted. <laughs> <laughs> nope. Lies. <laughs> so, John, 
we did our um, Silver City Best Life IPA. <laughs> sure ads. did. So many times, <laughs> many, many, many times. So I feel like the most appropriate thing to do would be to grab a cold one, <laughs> crack open a Best Life IPA with your best magnified pod bud. Cheers. Get, get your finger on that can. <laughs> Ooh. Put it on the tab. That smells... It does smell nice. Oh, yeah. That smells a little... Floral. It smells dank. <laughs> Doesn't it smell like a... It smells like a dank meme. Um, yeah, it smells good. Let's check them out. Excited about this hot balance Mike uh, talked to us about. Mm. I believe he said... He wanted it to be hop forward, but light enough that people could like drink several at a show, <laughs> something like that. Oh yeah, we'll swap uh, glasses here. <laughs> yeah, John. I, uh... John brought me brought down some chilled mugs, and that <laughs> and and mine had a, a giant crack. Listen, we don't have to talk about the way in which I live. <laughs> All my glasses are <laughs> broken. We're recording in a. A dank room with some dank, some hops. dank IPAs. Wow, yeah, this is it looks pretty good. This is hazy. Yep, pretty pretty light yellow. Yeah, it's, I think we should cheers again. Yeah, there you go. Break break your mug even more. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's good, man. It goes mm-hmm. down easy. Yeah, but it but does it have some a, bite. Pat packs a six point two. Dang, Bremerton brewed. Love it, man. I'm I'm into it. Someday, we'll do a Bremerton. Excursion, hit up Silver uh, City. We stay at Michelle Herrera's house. <laughs> maybe, maybe at, uh, by that point, um, maybe I, it, what they're t- it's going to take is for me to fly to Bremerton <laughs> and help ship out my stuff. That's probably right. Myself, just take one out of the garage. <laughs> I'll just show up, knock on, and be like, "Hey, Michelle, what's up? Can I, uh, can I have my stuff, please?" She'll okay, be like, oh no, I was told not to give it to you guys. <laughs> You know, Aaron Sprinkle's gonna be there and like salt motherfuckers. Full tactical gear. He's gonna be like, I don't think so. Pulls out a picture with my face on it. I knew I knew you would be coming. String section kicks in. <laughs> um yeah. so okay. Here's I don't know if you listened to the most recent episode of the My Carrera podcast. Uh perhaps. So he had, he had the lead singer, uh, Nick Woods of the band right. Direct Hit. Yeah, I've not on. heard this one yet. Yeah, so it was really good. It was a really good episode. Um, and on this episode, Mike said at the beginning that there were about two hundred uh, orders left okay. to send out, and so I did. I did a little number crunching <laughs> in, in their emails that they've been sending out the updates. I estimated that they were shipping out around a hundred or so a week okay. based on between emails and, and the orders that they were, um, you know, saying, Oh, we have, we have about, 400 left or we have like 800 left or whatever right and so based on when they sent those emails i was like okay so approximately maybe 100 or so a week and if that's the case and if (laughs) if i don't get my stuff next week 
then I'll probably literally, as we've been joking, <laughs> be the last be the one. Bl- <laughs> I feel like it just has to be intentional at this point. <laughs> They're just screwing with us. Maybe. I don't know, but it's but I'm I'm I haven't seen an update yet about about the horns EP. Yeah. Where's that at? Yeah, I'm I'm assuming that's gonna be pretty soon. Mike said so. Yeah. But he's lied to us in the past. <laughs> to our faces. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. yeah. All I can say is I hope all you people who have your vinyls are just loving every minute of life. Yeah. Um, but At least we I, got this punk. At least I have my PX punk that I got at the show. He's he's resting against the whiskey bottle. Yeah. He trying to great. because one of his legs is shorter than the other. <laughs> <laughs> he, he, won't, he won't stand up straight. Hmm. Sounds kind of punk. Yeah. I should the... say I, uh, so I, I picked up a Poconacha punk head t-shirt yes. at the show. And then I wanted to get one for my son, uh, past pod guest, um, <laughs> Elliot, Elliot, who, uh, is enthusiastic about MXPX. Uh, I'm singing MXPX around the house so much these days cause it's all I listen to. Right. And, uh, he's like, daddy, what are you singing? MXPX, you're always singing MXPX, <laughs> but he's fully into the MXPX lifestyle now. So anyway, I wanted to get a kid shirt for him at the show, but they didn't have the one with just the Pokemon Punk head. So I ordered it. Michelle sent that to me. No prob. No and uh, we were both wearing him the other day and he was examining the punk head and saying, is, is he a brave boy? <laughs> I, like, I think he is. Yeah. yeah. It's like, what's coming out of his head? <laughs> I was like, that's a spiky hair. So anyway, he does, he does, he does look rather brave. Yeah. He, he, he will jump into the pit. Yeah, he will. He will get into it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, and I found, I saw you cause you grammed that, that photo. It up. I thought it was adorable. Mike liked it. Oh, nice. <laughs> um, repping that merch. That's right. Better like it. Um, and I, as I grammed today, found that random tooth and nail stuff from so wonderful 20 years ago yeah i can't well the 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 bottle itself was from 18 years ago but that that mail order form i don't there's there's no reason that i can think of why i would have held on to that for for, you knew in the back of your head this this project would come at some point yeah i'm like this yeah, mom and dad, I have a reason for holding on to all this right. shit, okay? Get it's off gonna my back. It's going to matter on the pod. Um, What's a podcast? <laughs> right. You had traveled from the future. <laughs> back um, to talk to my 14-year-old self. <laughs> it's going to matter, okay? Andrew, you got to listen to me. <laughs> You're Doc Brown in this scenario. Um, the uh, Yeah, cheers to listener Jen Mandigo, who talked about the tooth and nail store that existed oh, in man. washington man everybody was just living the best life in washington they were living the best life do you, you want go- <laughs> do you want all your tooth and nail gear come on down to the tooth and nail store get the tooth and nail buy a couple of seven inches maybe a hoodie maybe get yourself a ten dollar <laughs> vinyl that'll be worth a hundred dollars in yeah. a couple decades oh man shout out to lust control do you know about that no i was talking to my buddy today who was super into like that scene but he wasn't ever really into punk but he knew about tooth and nail he was more like a vigilantes of love um whatever lost dog over the rhine kind of okay okay 
but he was like, do you know about Lust Control? And they were a thrash band on Tooth and Nail. What? That sang all about like masturbation. And <laughs> I think it was like an ironic sort of thing. They okay. wore like ski masks. I was not familiar, but I did a deep dive. So if you have thoughts about Lust Control, uh, let us know. <laughs> they are I've, quite something. I've, I don't know how that... Did they ever release a, a record? They had a couple, and I think they're like still around. What? Um, yeah. So do they still sing about jerking off? <laughs> I think so. They were like they would get in trouble. With, Are they like, pro jerking off? Well, they would get in trouble with conservatives because they were like dealing with things in a sort of vulgar way. But I think okay. the message was like don't jerk off. Purity, positive. I don't totally understand. <laughs> I need to do some more research. I think the lead singer is like the editor of HM Magazine. Oh, okay. Uh, which stood for hard music, I believe. Um, so anyway, that's that's a thing. <laughs> that's super crazy. Uh, oh, yeah. Less control. Less control. How did I... I don't know. It seems like they should have been on our radar. Um, get them on the pod. Get them on... Oh, we for sure need to get less control on the pod. Yep. Um... They formed in 1988. Yep. Uh, yeah, they still have. They have a song called "Feminazi." Yeah, not great. Uh, uh, Unclear unc- of the politics of the whole situation. Yeah, but, um, I am not. I am not. <laughs> explicit lyrical content. Sure. Abstinence. Oh no. <laughs> this is. This is turning into a significant <laughs> bummer. I need to uh, I need to do some some more digging here, but uh, yeah, Doug Van Pelt. Right, it's a yeah. name familiar to yeah. some Christian punks. Yeah, Christian punks. Anyway, um, oh, did they did they did he start Triple X Church? Church? I think they were involved with it somehow. Yeah, that was um, for me when. Um, before I just like um, gave up on like just when I when I was in college and was just filled with sexual shame, this <laughs> this sort of thing would have done all kinds of terrible things to my mind. Yeah. Like um, I I already felt super terrible sure. about jerking off and, <laughs> and, and lusting and uh-huh. and I did buy into the triple X church thing yeah. for a little while in college because I was like, oh I'm so terrible. <laughs> it's kind of part of that whole scene of like we're we're sort of edgy by doing this, but like really we're just conservative. <laughs> right. Um yeah. Anyway. I mean Yeah, I'm this is this is the fact that they're still together we need to Slow do around. hey if any if anybody uh, has seen lust control let us know uh play 350 fest next year <laughs> lust control <laughs> that that sounds like a terrible combination <laughs> to go know. a some sort of punk festival where like hey you guys are into abstinence right <laughs> i think i think that's sort of like an ironic i don't know Anyway, I'm sure our listeners know more than what we're talking about, as per usual. But yeah. um, at any rate, shout out to Tooth and Nail '80s era bands. <laughs> well, I mean, Tooth and Nail wasn't until yes '92. <laughs> well, still, that, they were eventually on that, Tooth and Nail. 
Um, they're from Texas too. That do we even have any Texas listeners? That's Beto O'Rourke, big Be- fan of the pod. <laughs> Beto is a huge. Oh, yeah, he's a huge. Uh, I bet Ted Cruz listened to some Tooth and Nail bands in his youth. <laughs> Couldn't you see that? I, <laughs> I, I really hope not because I literally want nothing in common with Ted Cruz. <laughs> he probably liked Less Control. I could see it. Yeah, we actually Texas is our dang our number three state. Well, California, Illinois, and Texas number th- is a uh, our. So thanks, shout out to Texas. So I retract any sort of any negative. <laughs> we're gonna do an Austin live show. Yeah, get less control to perform, <laughs> and uh, Senator Beto O'Rourke will be there, and uh, we'll all fingers crossed. Get your fingers crossed for Beto O'Rourke. Get your, we'll bring some Best Life IPA and cross those fingers. Get on that midterm ballot and use your finger to vote for Beto O'Rourke. Actually, it'd be better if you used your finger to write in your vote. There you to go. make sure your votes actually count. Yeah, fair. Ugh. I don't even What's even happening? I don't even know. Okay, so... Um, Let's. Why don't we? Speaking of shout outs, let's uh, let's shout out some of our listeners who yes. answered um, our question of the week. What was that question? The question of the week was, um, "Hey, what was your first MXPX live show that you went to?" Mm-hmm. And so, a majority of people um, responded on. Instagram, they didn't call in, um, which is... It's fine, our, I guess. Our voicemail line is active and... What is that number? It's 872-762-4763 or 8727-MAGPOD. Yeah. We did have some people call in. and um, But John, do you remember, before we get to the listeners, uh, do you remember your first MXPX show? My first time. Do you remember uh, your first time with Mike? <laughs> oh, so many times. Um, I was trying to remember this. A, I was trying to remember if we talked about this on Mike, which I don't think we have. But um, as folks were sharing their stories, I was like, what was my first time? And yeah. like, I'm pretty sure, I mean, I'm confident that I saw them in 98 on the tour with Blink, which is what the at the show recording comes from that era, okay. which we are talking about at the show later on this episode. That's right. Um, we didn't announce last week what we were going to be no, doing. Yes. Announcement all. <laughs> we are covering As, at the show. Well, I mean, considering this will be released, they will know. <clears throat> yeah, but... sure. Well, in case you didn't look at the show notes at all. <laughs> That's right. At the show, coming up. Coming um, up, suckers. So it was like after the, the slowly tour, basically, and like... I feel like I would have seen them before that mm-hmm. at some point, but yes, I saw them with Blink in 98 at the Quest Club in the Twin Cities, which was Prince's nightclub. Um, how about you? Um, my first show was in the year 2000. In the year 2000. Shout out to... Um, old school late night with Conan O'Brien fans, mm-hmm. uh, year 2000. Was it at Cornerstone? No, it was oh. actually, I saw them um, right before 
the ever passing moment. Okay, came I did. Out. Yeah, I saw them on that tour too. They were they uh, touring then. Yes, they came through Chicago. They played the Metro. Okay, I I actually have still have the ticket stub. That's cool. April fourteenth, two thousand, and what I didn't remember because I looked it up. I wanted to figure out some more details. They Goaty Hook Ooh, was on the bill. I am jelly. And the hippos. Ooh, um, that's a good lineup. Um, I remember nothing <laughs> about yeah. almost anything about the show. Right. I like. I. I'm. I wish it being my first show. I wish. Yeah. I remembered more about that. Yeah. Um. I. But. I. Because I think I went. I don't remember if I went. Did I go by myself? I don't remember who I went with. Brian but didn't I, go with you? No, it was just me. Um, but I do remember that I bought a shirt that, an MXPX shirt that, I, no, I bought a hippo shirt, huge hippo fan <laughs> at the time. No, I bought an MXPX shirt that I was so excited to have mm-hmm. that I wore it the very next day to a friend's birthday party. Uh-oh. And this was... Um, during a time when you could still smoke in Chicago right. yeah. bars and clubs and stuff. So it just reeked of cigarette yeah. smoke. Bummer. And I was, um, so I guess I would have been, I probably had just turned 16, 16. years old, 16. And, um, it, it just reeked, and I was like, but I had to wear it. The <laughs> very next day, I was so pumped to wear it. Um, Probably seemed like a rebel. <laughs> Blew some minds. Yeah, man. But yeah, I, I really, really wish. I I really wish I could remember anything about the show. Yeah. Um, other than I do remember them playing Responsibility. But I, I tried to look up a, if there was like a, um, set list or something. Set list FM doesn't even have. Um, yeah, there's anything. some blank spots. Yeah. Um, I remember on that tour that Mike said something about like he would give somebody, I don't remember what it was, like maybe somebody's shoe ended up on stage or something like that. And he was like, I'll give it back if you go by this year's model by Elvis Costello or something like that. Really? So that seed was planted. And then whenever Passing Moment came out, I was like, oh, that makes a ton of sense. That's what he's listening to right now. Right. So that's the one piece of info I can still glean from that memory. Yeah. And this is something what's interesting is um, I, I didn't realize until kind of recently that the the cover of the ever passing moment was based on the get happy yeah, yeah sure enough album maybe i knew that at some point yeah really pushed out of my brain yeah there but there's there's yeah the the cover of get happy and like the back of that you should if you haven't seen that you should look at mm-hmm. you should look it up it's very much clearly yeah. an homage. The back, the back specifically, yeah, looks very much like interesting. So Mike was into Elvis Costello sure was. super hard at yeah. that at that time. Um, but anyway, yes. so other uh, first show memories, other first show. Um, 
Cody Thomas, who we who's also a North Parker. Indeed. Uh, summer of '96, uh, they played a small festival in Phoenix with the Newsboys. Um, did you ever see the Newsboys? Never did. I um, I think I'm pretty sure pretty sure I did. Um, I know they don't serve breakfast in hell, but uh, <laughs> I did they, never see them. No, it's. It's kind of a bummer how much of like these Christian artists that we listened to back in the day, like I can't even ironically listen to the Newsboys <laughs> because they're so deeply embedded with like that God's Not Dead movie. <laughs> that is movement. a bummer. What is I ride for uh, that one? Oh, Thrive, two thousand two. It had Million Pieces. Do you remember that song? Mm-mm. All fall like a million raindrops. That was a jam. So I still like that one. <laughs> I I'm pretty I'm pretty uh take take me to your leader. Okay, that's yeah. kind of the right, only right. Newsboys record. Um. So anyway, Cody goes on to say that he remembers specifically that MXPX wasn't signing autographs back then, which was a huge bummer. And I I personally. You know, even though we didn't meet Mike until we were in our mid-30s, part of me is glad that we. this is how it went down because I think if I was a 15-year-old, 16-year-old kid and Mike was like kind of, you know, wasn't the Mike he is now who's sort of like really like let's engage the fans let's it's all about it's all about the positivity it's all about the fans like i think i could have possibly become a little yeah um also bummed and been like oh man he's what if he what if he doesn't give a shit about me or something like i'm being a super emo kid that i was i i worry that like that that something like that would have negatively impacted me now what if he called you out from the stage (laughs) and called you a pussy (laughs) and and busted your balls all night long would that have bothered you (laughs) i don't know hypothetically hypothetically this is all hypothetically (laughs) now that you're mentioning it like i'm pretty sure i met them all and had them sign something on the warp tour in 2000 i want to say okay um so i guess i take it back i must have quote unquote met mike at some point but uh, there was no no deep discussion between us yeah he didn't know that our souls would be intertwined eventually um uh Jason Hemstead said senior year of high school, 96, 97, somewhere in North Carolina. Second show was at the Showbox in Seattle. Um, let's see. Uh, shirt size, small. Can't remember. Mid to late 90s, probably in Cincinnati at Bogart's. Um, right on. Yeah, we got, we got some long, uh, got some cornerstones. Some good stories Got some in there. Vegas with face to face in ninety eight. That would have been a That'd sick be cool. show. Yeah. Um Universe uh at the barn at University of California Riverside, ninety seven. Um two thousand three, Craig um was one of our um Australian listeners. Ah, uh, yes. Shout out to Craig. 
Uh, this is a pretty, actually a pretty great story, so I'm going to read this full thing. He said, 2003, the night of end of the week of my final high school exams. I had been a fan since Poconaccio, which I first heard because my sister was dating a bass player, vocalist, and a punk band for my church and had a copy of the cassette, which I now have in my collection. That's pretty sweet. <laughs> they have, Solid anecdote. They have long base, uh, basically been my favorite band, favorite with the U. Um, ever since, and seeing them at Adelaide Uni Bar, South Australia, was the best way to celebrate finishing high school. I'd, um, I'd never been to the venue before, so I climbed some stairs after following the signs or whatever and opened a door at the top, only to see Yuri assembling, tuning drums and whatnot. Turns out it was the door to backstage, the green room. Needless to say, I hightailed it downstairs and found the right door. Great night. I should have got in there. I wish he would have been like. Good eye. <laughs> John, are we? We're going to go down the road of terrible Australian accents. We'll see what happens. Um, did you need any didgeridoo assistance tonight? I just assume all Australians carry around didgeridoo. At all just, yes, I got me my. Me, I'm like it just goes. It just goes into British. I got, got me. me, me I got me pocket didgeridoo. My bagpipes as well. It's in Australia where we always carry our bagpipes. We carry our bagpipes and our didgeridoos. It's the oh worst. Lord. This isn't even an accent. Nobody <laughs> has that accent. We've offended Texas and the continent of Australia and also Scotland. And also Ireland. Yeah, that one too. Um, okay. So uh, Lindy says that hers was actually July 2017. What? And she can't believe it took that long. It was the craziest night of my life. Got up on stage and licked Mike's sweaty arm uh, during yes. Chick Magnet. We did see pictures of this at some point, I believe. <laughs> yeah. I wish I would have licked Mike's sweaty arm. All right. Um, Jen Mandigo uh, was October 4th, 1998. Mm, Jenny's birthday. At Rock Candy in Seattle. I was 15. So I had to go with my dad. The venue doesn't, <laughs> doesn't exist anymore for good reason. To this day, it is the nastiest dive I've ever been to. It was oversold. The staff were rude. There were no windows. The pe- people were fighting and bleeding all over the place before the show <laughs> even started. Sounds punk as hell. <laughs> it sounds punk AF. The smell in there was like really old vomit. I actually had to throw away the shoes I wore that night because the stench wouldn't wash out. I remember oh, it being a very surreal experience for me, seeing them in real life after being a fan for three years couldn't believe it that's amazing yeah so let's do some other uh voicemails um how let's about do it. let's do uh let's do Riker. Riker has a Riker, our boy Riker. <laughs> thanks for leaving us the old voicemails he's got some thoughts about his first mxpx show hey andrew and john Riker here so my first and only MSTX show was in July 2014 in Chicago at mm. Reggie's. And it was a great time, but it was MSTX All-Stars. So mm. I'm really hoping that uh, Mike brings along Tom, Yuri, Chris for a show in Chicago uh, sometime very soon. And, of course, you know, I'd love for them to perform in Michigan, but I realize the odds for Chicago are so much greater. So... I'll take whatever I can get. If you uh, end up coming to Chicago for an MXPX show, Riker, 
Hit us up. We can hang. We this can, one's on us. This one's on us. I'm never going to stop doing this now. <laughs> nope. We can't. We, and we shouldn't. Um, but his, It's been huge with listeners. <laughs> can't stop writing in about how much they love it. Nope. We've, we've literally had zeros of people writing in about this. Love the voices, guys. <laughs> Keep them coming. Some accent work next up would be ideal. <laughs> if you could if you could try and butcher the accent of my home country, we would really appreciate it. Yeah. Um, but there's more from Riker. But, uh, yeah, it was a great show. Um, hmm, let's see. One cool story, I guess, is um, I was standing by someone who I thought looked kind of familiar and by the time I realized it was Tom Higginson from The Plain White Tees, he disappeared. So that was pretty cool. I usually mess this story up and say it was Tom Hiddleston, which gets people pretty excited. Um, and, you know, it's an accident. I don't really know if Tom Hiddleston was there. I'm sure he's in the MXPX, though. So the other thing is um, my wife, Rosie, who was my girlfriend at the time, uh, she had to be to work by 7 a.m. the next morning, and we didn't make it home from the show until 5 a.m., uh, the three-hour drive from Chicago plus the time change. It was pretty brutal. So, yeah, it was rough, but a great time, and I think it was worth it. Anyway, hope you guys have a great week, and uh, talk to you soon. Oh, yeah, magnified pod. For yes, that's right. Thank you, Riker. Riker has got it down. <laughs> Nailed it. You know, people, you can learn a thing or two from Riker. <laughs> Several things. Several things, John. That's that's a pretty that's a pretty <laughs> hardcore. That that's a that's a good that's a good girlfriend story right there. Yeah, that's... to be like, you know what? I'm gonna go to the show, even though I have to work and get probably no sleep because. Right. If she, if they got home two hours before she needed to go to work, you gotta do that, it for the scene. That's right, man. Sacrifice that's that's, that's 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 pretty hardcore. Um, thanks, Riker. I also assume that Tom Hiddleston is a big <laughs> MXPX fan. I heard that he gets psyched up for playing Loki by just uh, before everything and after. That's, and his that's he's, he earbuds. throws he throws on the new the new uh, the new album, and he just like you know this is the way he does. Yep, it's the way you do, Tom Hiddleston. <laughs> um. Quick side note about yeah. Plain White Tees. Did yeah. you know they're developing a TV show around Hey There, Delilah? <laughs> what a weird world. <laughs> what? I do not think that song is rich enough to warrant a television adaptation. No, especially like 20 years after the yeah, fact. that's fair. Yeah, that song's a bummer. They were pretty big in the Chicago punk scene, but uh, yeah, that song. Not, doesn't hold up. No. Ugh, that's that is a significant bummer. Um, let's go to some. Uh, let's go to some Alex Retro. Yo, this is Alex Retro, and uh, I was sitting here eating some cheeses after work, scrolling Instagram when I saw a question of the week. You see, I'm younger than most MXPH fans. Some people give me a hard time about it. So since I'm only 27, I actually saw an MXPH. For the first time in 2011, but I flew out to Seattle, Washington to see them because, no, they weren't touring. This was supposedly the last show with Yuri. Yeah. They were playing Life in General front to back. 
Oh, nice. So I told my dad, hey, this is my all-time favorite band playing one of my all-time favorite albums. Uh, you want to come with me? Let's go out here. So I got my dad in the MXPX. He, he, you know, he's got the album on his phone to this day. But uh, so we flew out there. I was crowd surfing, having a good time. And I, I was worried my dad was going to hate the show because as soon as the mosh pit started, I was like, oh, no, he's going to hate this. But after the show, he comes up to me. Hey, look what I got. He bought a T-shirt. Nice. And he said, oh, I was having fun knocking those guys around. <laughs> so that was a pretty great show. You no, know, first time seeing MXPX, life in general, front to back. Plus, of course, punk rock show at the end. It was good. Okay, I got to eat more cheese and then take a shower. <laughs> so that's my story. Bye. <laughs> That is that's a solid that's story. Yeah. That's that's amazing. And also kudos to your dad. Yeah. That's a that's Mixing a solid dad move. I uh I saw Floggy Molly with my dad once. I've seen Weird Al <laughs> with my dad three times. He is a big Weird Al fan. Yeah, we that's like I I was huge into Weird Al in the mid nineties and um I got my dad I convinced my dad to go see that see him in uh nineteen I think nineteen ninety nine on the running with scissors tour and we have kind of made it a tradition since That's so awesome. yeah with, where was that show? Uh it was at Navy Pier actually. Oh, interesting. Um yeah, and then and then the Next, the other two shows that we we saw, I think, were both. Well, no, one was at the Chicago Theater, and then, and then, oh, this third one was at. It was at the Vic. Ah, yes, that's what it was. I will be there next week to see Mitski. Uh, so what is that? <laughs> she is a rocker. <laughs> Sweet. <laughs> you would like her. Thanks for inviting me. <laughs> you get sold out, but um, sorry. <laughs> Speaking of selling out. Um, anyway, so... We, Solid anecdote. Yeah. I hope we... I mean, Alex Retros. Uh, I hope we fly to Washington to see them one day as well. No, we... So, let the record show, John. You and I are going to <laughs> do a remote pod in, in Bremerton, Bremerton one day at some point it'll happen it needs to happen live from monkey trench yep we'll hang out with mike and tom and yuri and chris and maybe <laughs> so many <try>. free t-shirts <laughs> I, I you know what i would i would stand to just have the stuff i paid for that's fair first fair um Low let's bar. let's go to let's go to uh, next voicemail. Hey guys, it's uh, Daniel from MXPX Memes. And by the way, everyone just calls me Danny. So whenever you know you talk about me, we're friends. So you can call me Danny. Danny. Uh, I was just calling because no, I want to talk about the acoustic EP. Okay, so this is um, not so much a first show um, experience, but this is a voicemail from our from our last up, and. Um, so this is, this is, uh, going to take exception with some of the, some of our takes on, on the, the acoustic, acoustic on the acoustic, but, uh, let's see what he has to say. 
pod that I just finished listening to. And I really love that EP. For me, I can I can listen to it front to back. It's I love LP, all bro. those versions of those songs. But I have to qualify that by kind of commenting on how you reviewed the EP. You said it, you know, at least two or three times, this idea that some of those versions don't improve upon the previous versions. Like, particularly you said that with uh, Let It Happen and maybe a couple other ones. And I don't know if... Compare, I know that's a common way to review cover songs by any band, covering any other band, is to say, does this version improve upon it or does it add something? Is there a reason for this? I don't think when it comes to having an acoustic version of something, there's you need to qualify it necessarily with a reason, especially if it's the same artist just stripping down their own music to the bare bones. Because to me, an acoustic version of a song is like just you and the artist in the song. It's like here's it's it's the bare bones of what you're looking at. So it's not meant to replace or improve on the song. It might not even necessarily say let's look at it in a different way. You're saying here's the song and this is just the song. Like none of that added stuff that you get in the studio. It's and so for me, I really love that EP. I like all the versions of the songs, and I'm not going to begrudge anybody for you know not liking it i had kind of an emotional experience the first time i heard that because it's these songs that's familiar with my whole life and then just to hear them just like actually understand some of the words better than i ever had before like i really love those versions of the song but i just don't think it's like if it i don't know if saying it's a lateral thing it's like basically an acoustic version should be its own bubble completely separate from the rest of a band's discography or the idea that they've covered themselves or something so that's just my thought on the acoustic ep thanks john what do you have to say what do you think i will say i agree generally but and here's the thing if you're gonna commit it to an album Mm -hmm. though i feel like there has to be some justification for it like in the same way that we've talked about covers and acoustic versions and we'll get into later this up about live versions mm-hmm. um, or live recordings at least like I feel like there's a difference between you're going to play an acoustic version live or I'm going to do a collection of curated songs that I've decided would be good acoustic right. versions so I guess I feel like if you're going to make an album centered around that like I want to see something that's a little different than just like just playing one of our songs, but this time it's just me and a, a guitar. Like I'd like some reimagining. Yeah. And I've, you know, and if it's just going to be the, um, this idea of like the artist, the guitar and the listener, then then there should be no other instrumentation. But if you're going to work to get other singers on the album or get more instruments on there, I feel like you should go, go the full, the full, you know, like for me, I think the, the acoustic record, uh, highlights and this is probably why he chose the songs he did highlights the the melodies better than 
you know, you you are stripping it down to its most basic, sure, most basic element. But I don't know. I I I totally respect and understand where where he's coming from, especially since he's saying Danny says that he had an emotional sure experience with the record and something he'd wanted to hear. And so I I won't begrudge him of that either. Yeah. And as you and I have stated many, many, many times, the emotional significance of teenage politics, right. something that some MXPX fans simply don't understand because of the rough production or the somewhat rushed way it was recorded. So I don't know. I I won't hold I won't hold that against anybody for their feeling about teenage politics. Yeah. Um but yeah, it's all I mean it's we're getting into subjective territory and uh yep. You know, when it gets when it cuts to your core and it's some emotional stuff, I get it. Yeah. And I, I hope we're not coming off as saying this is the definitive <laughs> take like no we're sharing our personal thoughts so yeah i get it we're all gonna have different emotional reactions to different points in the mxpx discography but you know also i saw i think it was um i'm just guessing i but i'm i think jen mandigo liked um let it happen a lot think, of people like Let It Happen, but which we me, kind of uh, we, dismissed. We, yeah, well, not sort of dismissed, but like that... Didn't work for us. It didn't, because I feel like it works Yeah. so well. Like, I don't know. And because the Let It Happen album to me is so special right. that, I don't know. I, I don't know. I don't know. But it's also, it's also something that I've acknowledged that um, the... Quit Your Life mm-hmm. acoustic version of that song. I prefer that, like that more. Yeah. stripped down right. to its element versus a more produced. Yeah, that's so, probably a case for there being more before everything and after era songs on that record to like, you know, we talked about maybe it's not so much the songwriting on those tracks, it's the production. So like, I, I would... I stand by that, yeah. that if you redid that album in the way that they did, um, I don't remember if this came up with somebody on Instagram or something that somebody, I think somebody said that they should do what they did with life in general with before everything and after. I mean, not that I feel like life in general needed to be redone. Sure at all because i think it's that Kravak and the guys did a, a brilliant job with that record it's pretty good but i do think that there's something to be said for what would a, a 2018 mxpx do yeah. with the songs on before everything and after they would not play them <laughs> is the answer <laughs> i mean right when's the last time you heard one of those songs i don't know does it's it been a I, while it's been a while. I haven't heard. I mean, I haven't honestly. I haven't seen MXPX live. I've seen them live once, John. Ever? Once? Really? Is that right? Maybe at Cornerstone, I saw sure. them. Sure. But I, wow. 
I wonder how many times. I mean, I it has to have been four or five times probably. I. It's weird because I'm such a huge music fan. Right. But I also, as somebody who has anxiety, sometimes I feel anxious about going to sure. shows. <laughs> so there have been times where I've left shows. Um, I've left. I've left live shows for tickets that I've paid for sure. because I couldn't handle being in the like my favorite bands because I couldn't yeah. handle being in a crowd. Sure. So like there was a time I paid. I I um, left a show. I, it was um, Coheed and Cambria, hmm. and there were there were some other bands there playing before, and I left before Coheed started because I'm like. I couldn't handle it. Yeah. So it's, it, it's weird. Like sometimes like, I'm like, I would love to go see a show, but sometimes I get too inside my own head about it. Yeah. I am one of those people who is super introverted and yet crowds and stuff like that don't bother me. So I don't know. I'm an, and I'm an extroverted person. Right. Yeah. I love, <laughs> I love being seen as someone who's like a musician and yeah, has yeah, done yeah. acting. It's well, like, look that's... at me. But then I'm like, I go out in a crowd. I'm like, Ugh. here's, here's that distinction for me. If I have something like prepared and I understand what my role is, like yeah. lines in a play or playing a song, then like I have no problem being on stage and people looking at me. If it's like me and if it's like an improv game or like yeah. meet some new people, that's like, I would rather die. <laughs> so <laughs> That's not for me. That's that's so interesting. That's yeah, because as somebody who's introverted, yeah. who's played in bands, done uh-huh. theater, that's so interesting. But I've not done a lot of improv, and I don't like parties. <laughs> I should do. I should do a Myers Briggs. I don't have you because you had to do one for for seminary, right? Well, I didn't go to seminary. Didn't you? You didn't go to seminary. I did not. But I was a major in biblical and theological studies. Why did I think you went to seminary? We're learning so much about each other on this 21st episode or whatever we're on. Um, 18. I I, thought, I took some fuck. seminary classes when I was an undergrad. Okay. But anyway, um, no, I mean, I did do the Myers-Briggs and I did, um, we did the Enneagram when I was at uh, Sojourners in that program. Yeah. I'm pretty, so I'm pretty what, what's confident. Your, what's your number for Enneagram? Nine. Nine? Do you know yours? I'm pretty sure I'm a four. I could see that. Yeah. I shout out to the Enneagram. Yes. Um, for those in the Christian world, it's not limited only to Christians. It's not. But it's yes, not, it but is you see, popular in that you see, world. Yeah. Um, um, I'm pretty, especially yeah. Richard Rohr mm-hmm. did a. That's the one I think of when I think of the Enneagram. Yeah. He kind of brought it to a new level of relevance for today especially in the kind of the christian right um yeah i'm pretty sure i'm an infp although lately i've been wavering and i'm like am i more of an infj and i took another quiz recently and i think i was 51 percent infj and 50 percent infp or something okay. so i think ultimately i'll still stick with the infp do you remember your myers-briggs i have no idea we gotta take it i do on the next pod <laughs> andrew's myers-briggs <laughs> tell us your enneagram or yes. myers-briggs yeah at 8727 megbot <laughs> that's right <laughs> yeah so i'm um the 
the number the four for the um the enneagram is the sensitive introspective type mm-hmm. expressive dramatic self self-absorbed and temperamental classic um, Angie. yeah typically have problems with melancholy self-indulgence and sure, self-pity sure. um but it's also they're emotionally honest, creative, personal, and could also be moody and self-conscious. Yeah. Withholding themselves from others due to feeling vulnerable and defective. You know, so it's just mm. like... Classic artist. <laughs> it is. It I is. I think when I first took it, I thought I would be a four, because I'm like, I'm an artist. I'm emotional. Yeah. And I am hardcore nine, which is the peacemaker, which is basically like, you're willing to go along with anything <laughs> in order to keep the peace. Like, Right. You, in keeping with the idea of like, I'd rather die than do improv, I <laughs> would rather everybody just be cool than have to share my opinion at a family gathering, for example. <laughs> okay. So if somebody was like, if someone is talking about, you know, how Trump is making America great again at a, at a family gathering, yeah. would you be like, I'm just going to go into another room? <laughs> yes, that would be... I usually go do the dishes for a while. <laughs> <laughs> um, I usually do the dishes dishes when I'm mad. Sure. I don't yeah. know. Take I out your rage with some suds. <laughs> I don't know what it is. I'm just like, I need to, if I'm upset. I get it. something I do. But I hate the dishes. <laughs> I don't mind it because that's when I do a lot of my pod listening. Really? Um, and as a dad, you get your quiet time where you can. So I'm like, I'm going to go clean for three hours, (laughs) by which I mean, listen to podcasts. Um, do we have other voicemails? We do. (laughs) Remember when we talked about how this would be a shorter episode? Not working out. Not (laughs) happening. Um, all right. Should we do, let's, let's, uh, speak, let's just go in the vein of previous steps. This is a throwback to two episodes ago from the Renaissance EP. Mm. Um, when we, we're curious about who certain individuals were on the record because they just had first names and we had some, uh, insights from our girl, Dr. Jen Mandigo. Hey guys, this is Jen. I finally finished listening to the Renaissance EP <laughs> episode. It only took me like a week to do it because it was 16 hours long, <laughs> but I did finish burned. it and I had, some thoughts. Um, number one, you had mentioned, does anybody know who Neil, Jessica, Gary, and James are? I think they were the people listed on the mm-hmm. um, gang vocals for one of the songs. Um, Neil, I'm assuming is Neil Hunt. He was an Arthur, and he was on the MXPX crew for a long time. Uh. Jessica is the name of Andy's wife, and I think Andy was... On the EP, so maybe she was too. Uh-huh. Gary, I don't know his last name, but he was an MXPX crew guy back in the day. And James, I'm assuming is James Barrett, who was also an MXPX crew member back in the day and occasionally works on the crew for them now. So when you when you live in Bremerton, you just literally <laughs> you, just know you literally know everything. So. Putting us to shame with Jen our lack of come in, knowledge. coming in hot with all of the MXPX knowledge, but she doesn't stop there. Um, in terms of great movies with great party scenes, <laughs> yes. or crappy movies with great party scenes, 
Um, it reminded me of when MXPX was on the MTV version of Wuthering Heights. I don't know if you guys have seen that. I've seen mean, that it's, scene. It's truly terrible. The only part <laughs> worth watching is the house party that MXPX plays at because Mike makes out with Cassie Heigl Ooh. at the end of it. Whoa. But the rest of the movie sucks, so <laughs> I wouldn't really waste your time on that. Um, weird dark movie. My favorite weird dark movie is Freeway. It has Reese Witherspoon oh, yeah. and Kiefer Sutherland in it. I've never seen it. And it's really, really dark and disturbing. It's kind of embarrassing to even admit that I really like it. But um, after I showed it to my husband, he asked me to marry him. So I don't know what that says about our relationship. <laughs> but, I mean, probably that we're both really weird. But I believe it. Uh. That's all I got. Oh, I like Can't Hardly Wait, but I think it's mostly for nostalgia reasons. Sure. Oh, sure. I um, not that yeah. it's that great of a movie. All right. Keep up the good work. Talk to you guys later. Bye. So we... Thank you. Thanks, Jen. Um, Dr. Jen. Dr. Jen. Sorry, Dr. Jen. Um, I feel like if we ever go to Bremerton, Jen needs to come with us yeah. to like... Show us the town. She needs to like be like a guided tour yeah like mandigo tours or something like that she can be like get on a bus get a, over she's, here she's like um so if you just look over here to the right this is uh, this is where bry lives this is <laughs> yeah um Observe jen, so with your jen it, did you ever run into bremerton bry that's what we need to know um so Man, we should have asked Mike what it was like making out with Katherine Heigl. I, I think we've talked about this on the pod before, the fact that they did this movie. And I feel like I watched it's, it's, that scene. It was circa 2003 yes, because it's very mostly much before everything and after everything era, and after. which sounds like exactly the kind of thing they would do in that era. Yeah. But I didn't. I must have blocked out the Katherine Heigl thing from my mind. That's a, Well, I remember that there's this scene where she's like, giving him fuck me eyes Ooh. from the audience. I was doing that to him when we saw him the other night. That's why he was <laughs> calling me out on that. That's right. I mean, I think I think that's sort of just the default. Anytime you look at Mike, you're just like, oh my God, <laughs> look at this man. Let's cut the bullshit. Let's, let's take this to the bedroom. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Lord. Quit, your, quit your life, Mike. <laughs> quit your life and... I'm going to go ahead and we just crack, crack open, open another, another best, best life, life best IPA. Life IPA. If you could give him fuck me eyes to Mike, <laughs> you're going to want to go ahead and pour some of Bremerton's finest into a nice cold. John, John is pouring. <laughs> We're just, <laughs> this is really something. Cheers once yeah, again. Cheers. Uh, yes. Any more voicemails? <laughs> we have one left from our boy, Nikki P, Nikki who P. did not identify himself, but we recognize, we recognized his voice. So <laughs> um, we haven't listened to this one yet. So we'll see what Nikki P has to say. Hello, my dude. <laughs> that's that. That's pretty much all we listen to. But like, like oh, that's Nick Poke. <laughs> that's Nick Poke. Nikki P. What up, my dudes? Smooches. Thursday. And I'm calling to answer the question of the week about the first MXPX show that I have attended. Now the experience was that the last show, the first show actually that I went to was actually just last year, 2017. Oh, damn. And it was September 8th, 
the exit in. And I actually think, because I've seen pictures of Jared, I think that he was actually there, and we were there the same night. Damn. So, there, please confirm. Um, but, so that was like, it was like, man, I went by myself. Um, I met, like, four people there that were just super random, hardcore MXPX fans. We hung out pretty much the whole night. And it was like going to church, man. Everyone knew the words. I mean, belting out my voice, getting in the pit. I'm also in my mid-twenties, so I was in the pit probably for a longer time than Andrew. And yes, that is a call-out, sir. That's a challenge. So if we ever get in the show together, we're wow. getting in the pit together, dude. Um, what else? Yeah, I mean, dude, I mean, it was crazy. There was, like, random people there that I locked eyes with. We're holding each other. Wow. You know, I think that, um, I mean, we were singing Chick Magnet. I'm holding other random people. We're singing acoustic songs. It was, it was, it was the time. It was time. Now, and at the end, I got to meet, got to eat, or got to eat, mm, got to eat, and mix Anyway, I got to meet, um, Mike, Tom, Yuri, and Chris. Oh, snap. Um, and I was wearing a Miami Dolphins hat because I'm actually a huge Dolphins fan. And I think the first thing Tom said when I met him, he was like, ugh, the Dolphins. <laughs> so, because they're obviously big Seahawks fans. So I made sure to uh, promptly tell Tom that I didn't I didn't hate on, uh, hate on the Seahawks and that I was, at the time I was into, you know, I'm into Russell Wilson. Pretty, pretty sweet. Uh, so, anyway, that was kind of a brief summary of my experience. But the first one, hope it's not the last. Uh, thanks for giving us the opportunity. Some places of the week, we'll mix with miss the next one. Mooches, magpie pot for life. Yes. Peace. Nikki P. Thank you, sir. Never letting us down. No, he knows how to do it. Yes. Um... Wow, holding each other. <laughs> so, Nick, Nikki P, if we ever meet up at a show, I'll embrace you in the pit, brother. <laughs> you and me. You'll hold each other. Hold e- we'll hold each other. We'll lock eyes. We'll sing Chick Magnet <laughs> with unbreaking eye contact for two and a half minutes. Wonderful. It sounds like a magical time. Yes. Um, speaking of magic... <laughs> Good transition. Um, John, so there is there was a conversation mm. recently on um, Instagram um, with listener Sierra, mm-hmm. who noted Slytherin. No, Sierra. noted no, like proud <laughs> ah, Slytherin. Yeah, and um. And you and I both self-identified as Hufflepuff. Mm-hmm. And the nicest house. You know, I I don't understand why Hufflepuff gets shit because we only have Cedric Diggory, bro. <laughs> no, we don't just have Cedric Diggory. <laughs> Who else do we, we have Newt Scamander. Yeah, Newt fucking Scamander. <laughs> so. I don't think that there is anything wrong with Hufflepuff. So 
Um, I, I think that there is this, um, so, so you have Harry Potter, who is the Gryffindor. Heard of him. And <laughs> yeah, he's, he's the sort of like, I don't know, this second tier character. <laughs> yeah, he's sort of, he's, you know, just sort of background, you know, and then you, you have Draco Malfoy as the Slytherin and they're both these very, so Slytherin and Gryffindor are these very stark, sure, um, like almost opposite, but they're not so opposite. They're very Slytherin and Gryffindor are very similar mm. in some ways. Fine they're, line there. It's yeah. There's a very they they kind of ride the line. They're almost like I don't know. Like I don't I don't want to like talk about necessarily political extremism in 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 the line between libertarians and socialists or something yeah yeah, like (laughs) you know i don't know that some of the ways in which harry and malfoy are kind of similar yeah anyway i i I wanted to kind of i wanted to talk about what um what hufflepuff kind of means to me and and also what it means in in the kind of the Harry Potter universe because um we have these the Fantastic Beast movies and we have one coming out I think next month mm-hmm. the the second in this series with uh that's going to I think is going to focus more on um, Dumbledore and Grindelwald. Grindelwald and their kind of. If you want to be the Dark Lord, if you wanna, <laughs> if you wanna pull out your wand, <laughs> um, but I don't know how much Newt will be. Yeah, in, I don't know how much he's gonna be in this one, but I, I so we I, I sent this to you, but there's I, and I encourage everybody to check this out, but. There's a YouTube channel called Pop Culture Detective, and he has a watching the detective <laughs> bringing it, bringing, <laughs> bringing it back. Um, so, uh, Pop Culture Detective, he has a video called "The Fantastic Masculinity of Newt Scamander," mm. and he calls out how. It's that Newt Scamander is sort of an unlikely leading man because he is the leading man in a pretty huge film franchise that's that's more popular for having someone like Harry Potter, who is a pretty traditional leading mm-hmm. man, somebody who has who's super courageous and brave and just like ready to jump into danger and kind of this like yeah look at me and just kind of wants to be the center of attention Mm -hmm. whereas newt scamander is somebody who's quiet is vulnerable doesn't want to do improv games probably (laughs) he doesn't he's he's super anti-improv he he hasn't done any second city classes he just likes those creatures bro yeah but he's but he's sensitive and he's sincere and he's yeah. earnest but he's also he's also 
an adult. Mm-hmm. He's an adult man who's confident in his, in who he is, as opposed to someone like Harry, who we watch kind of come of age from a an eleven year old to becoming a man, and but New Scamander, on the other hand, he has these qualities of someone who is he's he's in he's into protecting um these animals who could be harmed and he's he wants to take care of them because he feels like that's the right thing to do Mm -hmm. and i think this is like we don't have this kind of a model of a leading character in most yeah in most films and especially in the Harry Potter universe where everything is about action and, you know, right. defeating the bad guys. And for him, it's like, it, for Newt, it's about protecting the vulnerable. Yeah, man. And it's and punk. It, it's, it's, it's about injustice. Right. So he, he's concerned and empathetic. Right when there are there are people or creatures who are experiencing injustice mm-hmm. and he sees creatures in for in his this situation creatures that um who are being harmed and so he's like i need to take care of this and you know it's a different way of uh, it's a different kind of good and evil story mm-hmm. because he wants to take take care of the least of these and it the misunderstood yeah and he even calls out uh in the movie the the backwards way that Americans feel about relationships between magical and non-magical people mm. i mean that's that is that is a pretty profound yeah man um parallel to you could any any number of things whether it's lgbt issues or um i mean cuz this newt's commander this was early 20th century i think right or when when yeah. this so the 30s this, or something like yeah, that yeah this this could be any number of things could be about race it could be sure um but this sort of um, progressive idea of like you, you, the Americans are against relationships between magical people and non-magical people, and mm-hmm. so he he's, I mean, he's a punk. He's yeah, he's a punk. He's a social justice warrior for sure. He, uh, you know, they they tell him he'll fit nicely in society, but <laughs> they've only taken a superficial look at him. Yeah. And I don't know, I, so I, I'm proudly, I'm proudly a Hufflepuff. Yeah. I like that badger. Yeah. I'm, you look at, you look at some of the, the, um, the qualities of Hufflepuff. They value hard work, patience, justice, loyalty. All good things. I don't, I don't know what the problem is. Common sense, logic, science. <laughs> Humble self-esteem. <laughs> Bring it, bringing it all back. When you think about it, Hufflepuffs are a lot like teenage politics. That's true. That's um, it, it. The official house, the official house song 
for Hufflepuff is teenage politics. <laughs> I could see it. Um, Live to die. <laughs> yeah, man. Just like Cedric. Abort the selfish scene, man. Yeah, sure. I Here's the deal. I felt ashamed of my obvious Hufflepuffness because they get such short shrift in the books. They do. Um, and didn't, is it, is it the, is it like the everybody else? Is it the everybody else is in Hufflepuff? Yes. It's like, they're sort of like, if you're the, brave Gryffindor. Yeah. If you're smart Ravenclaw, if you're cunning Slytherin, yeah. eh, everybody else in Hufflepuff, who cares? <laughs> but speaking of the Enneagram and the Myers-Briggs yeah. as like Hogwarts house, personality test has developed i feel quite comfortable being in the hufflepuff house yeah given all the characteristics you just named yeah i um i'm not a big fan of the fantastic beasts movie no but you naming these things about newt makes me perhaps want to revisit it yeah i'm a huge fan of the harry potter books and movies and that one didn't really do much for me but i do like the idea that they're returning back to kind of the main story with the next movie so so here's one of the things that the dude from yeah pop pop culture detective called out um i think his name is jonathan mcintosh sounds right so he he called out that um you know so at the end of the movie there's this sort of conflict with this um being uh this this um you know this negative force i guess society (laughs) <laughs> if you will society it was it was uh the legalistic people who yes. sucked grindelwald um, total was, legalist yeah um and so they end up defeating this this dark this dark creature but um they don't position it as like this big victory sure they position it as a failure because they couldn't save him mm, yeah that's good and that's different than yeah. like they they feel let down because they didn't want he newt doesn't come in like blasting yeah yeah you know sure and i think yeah that, that's fair that it's you know you you, you know we talk about tom hiddleston <laughs> we'll see if we want to go and uh-huh. do these like these marvel movies where it's all sure, about like sure. You know these big buff, you know guys who come in to kick ass and take names, and I don't know. I think it's I think Newt is a compelling yeah character. I think there's something compelling about Hufflepuff, and um, uh, so I don't know, but I do think um we <laughs> should try doing. and <laughs> put the band. Into, into the, the put houses. the sorting hats on these guys. Let's put let's bring out the sorting hat. Throw it onto Mike, Tom, Yuri, and Chris. Now what? Oh, I don't know about Chris. I can't name that guy. I don't know. Hufflepuff probs. Um, I, <laughs> I um. We welcome. We welcome Chris into Hufflepuff. Join the Badger life. Yep. Yellow and black forever. <laughs> um, the black the and badge, yellow, black and badge yellow. life IPA. <laughs> Um, what we said to listener Sierra on Instagram, who, as we said, identifies as a Slytherin, I I said, Mike is probably a Slytherin because as somebody whose last name is Potter, he was given shit to this Potter all night long. (laughs) It's true. So I'm like, I don't know. He's pretty, he's pretty cunning. He kind of, uh, I know Mike, (laughs) 
Mike for sure is a Slytherin because, you know, not not necessarily because he loves dark arts, <laughs> not not because he's he's got that dark mark or anything, but I think because of his ambition yeah, and yeah. and his leadership, right? Sort of, he's he, you know, he's he's the rudder of. I feel like he's probably the rudder of the band. He's the He's the one who's kind of been, you know, during those MXPX All Star years. He sure. he kept he kept it going. He yep. has that ambition. He's he's got all these side hustles constantly. Right. He's yep. got the pod. He's got the wine. He's mm-hmm. got, you know, he had the clothing lines. Beer he, now. You know, he's he's doing it. You know, so um, I don't think that if you're in Slytherin, you're inherently like an evil character, like. No. You know, like Malfoy, who was a piece of shit. But we're not all broken into Death Eaters and good people. No, or whatever the, you know, if, was it a? Yeah, that's right. I don't. Good people in Death Eaters, something. Like that. It's a. Yeah, <laughs> whatever he says. Um, Yuri, clearly a Hufflepuff. Hufflepuff. <laughs> um, nice dude. Nice dude. Good at his job. Yeah, gets it done. Um, I would say, I would say that Tom is maybe. Um, a Ravenclaw. I was gonna say Gryffindor. Really? Because he just jumps off those amps backwards. <laughs> That's some bravery. Yeah. He's always playing pranks. Um, <laughs> I don't really know though. <laughs> he could go either way. Yeah, I don't know. I think, you know, for someone, you know, intelligence, creativity, wit, good background vocals. Yeah. Classic <laughs> attribute of the Ravenclaws. Classic. Classic. Um, shredding guitars <laughs> yeah. is classic in Ravenclaw. I don't know. Either way, he seems pretty, pretty bold. You don't sing a Clash cover if you don't have a little bravery in you. Yeah, I suppose. <laughs> um, He's on the fence. The Sorting Hat's like, well, <laughs> you could do well in Ravenclaw. Oh yes, uh, Tom Wisniewski, very good, very curious indeed. <laughs> Born in Scotland. <laughs> Uh, you're yeah. welcome, Tom, for this birthday present. So the Gryffindor common room is in one of the castle, castle's highest towers. Hmm. So I don't know. Maybe maybe that would be when I think of when I think of Scotland. I think of castles and towers. So sure. maybe yeah. maybe he's Gryffindor. Sounds comfortable there. So where's the Hufflepuff room? It's probably off in a shack somewhere. <laughs> Nobody knows. It's, it's in the Forbidden Forest. Yep. Slytherin's in the basement. Huff, or Gryffindor's up high in the castle. Hufflepuff is probably <laughs> next to like the bathrooms, <laughs> just off. Oh, the... we don't mind. It's fine. It's fine. It's okay. okay. We'll take it. We're we're just off. You know, it says uh, the entrance to the Hufflepuff dorms in the common room is concealed in a pile of large <laughs> barrels in an alcove okay. in the corridor that holds the kitchen. Yeah, that sounds right. <laughs> <laughs> it's like. Uh, fucking and then Hufflepuff. I guess yeah, so I put you next to, yeah, the house elves can be. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know about you, but I would love to be right next to the kitchen. It sounds yeah, just, great. Yeah, just have the butter beers twenty four seven. Twenty four seven, y'all. <laughs> this is a great segment. Um, <laughs> if you know your Hogwarts house or your Myers Briggs or your Enneagram, <laughs> yeah, let us know. I will say I saw a like. Which Hufflepuff, I mean, which Hogwarts house lines up with which uh, Myers-Briggs. Interesting. 
and or it was like which Harry Potter character matches up with your Myers Briggs? And INFP was Luna Lovegood, who, not coincidentally, my favorite character in the series. Shout out Luna for life. Oh man, I I I love <laughs> Luna a lot, and right. even though she's even though she's Ravenclaw, um, I I'm super pro Luna. Pro Luna, pro Nargles, pro being at an hour 20 into an episode that has an album of 23 tracks yet to come. So stay tuned. Yeah. Um, so we finished this, uh, this Best Life IPA. Real good. No, we can't. Cheers, yeah. guys. I'm, I'm into it. I'm super glad I have three more four packs. <laughs> yeah, I could home. pound ten more. Yeah, but... <laughs> um, and I also finished all my scotch already. Me too. Bummer. So, um, John, let's, uh, take a quick break and then let's we can, uh, move on to at the show. Woo. Whoop. Whoop. <laughs> no way. Whoop. There it is. <laughs> Whoop. There it is. Are you ready? Are you ready to, uh, rock? Yeah. Yes. Or uh. whatever. <laughs> Yes, I am. Okay, okay, great. <laughs> um, and we're back. Yeah, and we don't don't adjust your podcast. Because, What's happening? Because that was not the beginning of the episode again. Nope. Um, yeah, so we're talking at the show. At the show. <laughs> That's the one. <laughs> That's the one. That classic guitar line. <laughs> um, um, so John, let's let's just get let's just get into it. Did let's you did you you snag this album when it came out? You bet your balls I did. <laughs> uh, I would not bet my balls. <laughs> I definitely did. Um, yeah, this was released in 99 by yeah. Tooth and Nail, which yep. was, you know, prime, prime MXPX time. No A&M involvement, which is interesting. No. Um, um, don't know all the details there. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm wondering if this this was... It's It was recorded in 98. Right, on the Slowly Tour. Yeah, so I'm wondering if this... But it was only... It was released, like... In, it was released in July of 99. So I'm yeah. wondering if this was um, pre... I don't know if there was some sort of a deal with yeah. Tooth and Nail that... I mean, it came out after Let It Happen, which you think they might have been mad about, but there's sure are a lot of Let It Happen songs on this record, so... There are. There are. There are definitely a handful of Let It Happens. Did you pick this up in 99? Oh, 100%. Avi. So I, I remember I have a, a weird, this is a weird memory, and this is just kind of how much of an MXPX nerd I was. I remember I was, um, I think I was doing some yard work in my backyard. And was, was your old boss mean? <laughs> yes. My old boss was mean <laughs> and was me. Uh, I was, I think I was maybe either mowing my, mowing my lawn or doing something in the backyard. And I had this shitty little boom box and was playing this. And I think I just gotten it and was listening to it. 
And I put it on, and it starts off with uh, Mike, you know, talking to the crowds, like, yeah, it's great to be here, or whatever. And and I paused it before he says, where am XPX? And, and I was quizzing my brother. It's like, do you know who, <laughs> who this, is this? Do you know who this is? And a cool guy. <laughs> yeah. Be like, do you know who this? Cause I don't, I don't think before then I had heard Mike talk. Sure. So this album was my first time hearing Mike speak and just, uh-huh. you know, regular, you know, talking to an audience. So I, I, it was, two years before I was, I was gonna, well, I guess maybe, maybe a year rather, um, before I saw them after this. Yeah. Um, but my brother was like, no, (laughs) I don't know. I do not know, but MXPX bro, MXPX bro, get your shit together. And he was like, oh, (laughs) his mind was blown. He's like, cool. Well, (laughs) see you later. (laughs) See you later. Big gulps, huh? Big gulps. Well, uh, yes. Well, <laughs> I've had too much to drink. <laughs> Just calm down. Um, so yeah, I was, um, very much into this record when it came out. It's, I think it also got me super hyped for the show yeah. that I would eventually see when Ever Passing Moment was going to be coming out that next year. Um, so... Um, this was also, I, I don't think I realized how even this early into their career, how much, um, the band was connected with the descendants Yeah, that Bill Stevenson and Stefan Edgerton were producing this record. Yeah. Um, I and this 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 is something that I wish I had thought to ask Mike when we met him a couple weeks ago uh-huh. was how that descendants relationship yeah. began because I don't to my knowledge and maybe people can correct me if I'm wrong but has MXPX ever done like a descendants tour because that would be tight as hell yeah if that was a thing. Well, they are not mentioned in This is the Way We Do. You no. would think they might have made the cut if that were the case. Yeah, I got got everybody else, but I don't yeah, I guess I guess if they did have a tour that would have been kind of memorable, but the time the descendants produced our albums. <laughs> like the time the staff and edge team was on like literally every one of our fucking albums. <laughs> I love that verse. Um <laughs> I no, but like literally, how much has Stefan done with this? Yeah, band? he's done so much. I mean, it might have just been because they were known as recorders and engineers of punk albums at that point, and maybe they were sought out for that. And the rest is history. Yeah. Um, two things. One, this album rules. Yes. Which I fact. I'm not big on live albums in general. No. And I have not listened to this very much at all in the last 20 years. Um, But it's great. Um, This is the first one in a while where picking the top three was really tough for me. Um, And ranking them not just as songs, but as live songs. You know, like I don't think it would be... 
worth doing just as like, well, this is a great song, therefore, you know, it's my number one, in the same way that we were kind of talking about um, acoustic versions. Those didn't always correlate for us. Right. But I think, number two, this is another real subjective one. Like, as we were talking about with covers and acoustic versions, like, I feel like live in person is very different than live on record, you know? Right. Kind of like the acoustic songs, like we were saying. If you hear a live song in person, you're kind of like, whatever, that's a song. But if you're going to commit the thing to the record, I kind of feel like I do about covers and acoustic versions where I'm like, it's got to be special. You know what I mean? So Right. But I am very on board for these many songs. <laughs> yeah. And it's also, I, I mean, this kind of makes sense um, since it was a 1998 tour mm-hmm. that they played largely, solely, going the way of the Buffalo yep. um, uh, songs, uh, nine like, of which, yeah. nine of the 22, right. nine of the 23. Um, a lot of them. Yep. Yeah, followed by Let It Happen. Yeah. There were... Which had also um, just come out. Yeah. There were um, three Let It Happen, and then um, and then there were... Doing some math. Four Life in Generals. But yeah, it was largely slowly, um, yeah. which I'm fine. It, and it was sort of like, to me, it reinforced, because slowly had just come out the previous year, and then this came out, and it sort of reinforced me. And like, oh man, this is yeah. These songs sound great they, live. Yeah, they really do. And they and they pull it off. They pull it off live. Yeah. But there's a a three song run of slowly songs. Yeah. Which is kind of like just looking looking at the track list and being like, oh yeah, they just they this in the first. In the first eight songs, yeah, there are a, there are five slowly songs, right? And pretty much in the order on the record of slowly too, almost. Yeah, almost. If they just if they switched under lock and key and tomorrow's another day. Yeah, but um, recorded at the Nine Thirty Club, which I believe I've mentioned is a former haunt of mine when I lived in DC, mm-hmm. as well as the TLA in Philadelphia. Um, all did you who did you who did you see at did you see some good shows at nine thirty club? I was close enough to walk there, so I was there a lot and I saw David Bazan there for sure. Oh. Saw David Bazan open for Death Cab there, which oh, was snap. cool. Um You you like the hardest of indie rock boners <laughs> were there. Yes. Jenny people, Lewis there. Oh speaking man. of people indie just rock, rock people just rock hard there <laughs> all the true. time for their for their indie bands. I saw a great Bell and Sebastian show there, which, like, I wasn't sure how great they were going to be live. I was like, am I going to be kind of sleepy during this? But it was awesome. <laughs> okay. And the great thing about shows there was NPR was always there for, like, live recordings or whatever. Mm-hmm. So you'd get these live editions of the entire show that NPR would post, and I would listen to that all the time on my iPod. Anyway. You know, I would love, I would love to do... Did you ever get to see, like, a Tiny Desk uh, I show. never did. I never went to the NPR headquarters. That would have been cool. <sighs> yeah. I feel like if I was in D.C., I would, like, 
I would leave work all the time to go to the tiny desk. I think show. it's just like the staff that's at those. You I could think? be wrong. Yeah. I mean, that would I mean, that would be the coolest thing in the world to work at that yes. that office and it just be, be like see all of like the most mm-hmm. amazing musicians. Um did you, did you did you see um uh MXPX's tiny desk. <laughs> yeah, what the fuck? Where is the MXPX tiny desk? Yeah, um, come on, guys. N- not a uh, uh, T Pain. Have you ever seen T Pain's oh, tiny desk? I heard about this at least. I can't remember if I watched it. Or, it's uh, it's delightful. It's amazing. Yeah, cause because it's like he's not doing the. No, he doesn't have any vocal effects. Right, and he can sing actually. Yeah, which makes me think, why the hell are you? It's a thing. It's a thing. It's annoying. It really annoys me. No, um, it doesn't annoy me. <laughs> this show. This show. Or this record, rather. This record being at the show. Um, okay, so let's... Um, let me see if I have any any other notes that I want to... Nope. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> let's, let's get into uh, at the show with the first track, Tomorrow's Another Day. Yeah! Tom, I want to look you. It's your birthday. I want to look your arm. Shout out to Lindy. <laughs> Shit. Hey, what's up? How you guys Uh-oh. doing? All right. Well, it's great to be here. We're MXPX. What do you think about this as an opening track? It is a fun opener. Oh, it is. A, I really like it. I'm super into this as an opening track. Yeah, for sure. I will say every song is way faster than the actual this, version. This song, <laughs> this album is unbelievably fast. Yeah. I, Most you, songs don't <laughs> clock over two minutes. No, it's so, yeah. Um, so Dolores on this album, I mean, will we'll we'll get to it but um that song is blisteringly yeah. fast and great no it's it's amazing um all right so not not in your top not in your top 3 in my top 3 but pretty it's good it's still great uh, this all album is also noisy <laughs> yes sometimes you have to ask yourself why this album is so noisy <laughs> yes it's a fake out intro. Yeah. Never what just do. How to get it through. The Yotel it's 
Vegetarian, seminarian mind And, and, time to stand up and redefine the lies Right now Compartmentalizing Isn't realizing Because it's not affecting change in the real world So get on with your life Wagging over mine Join one world but many different Mike's delivery corner. We <laughs> for the yeah. first of many times on no, this, this record. No, there are there are so many Mike's delivery <laughs> corners, but that 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 might be one of my favorites. <laughs> yeah, so that's um, that was one of my that when when I had mentioned to you that. Um, that there are lots of Mike's delivery corners on this record. That that was, that, the... that was yeah. Um, what do you think about what do you think about that? It's great. Yeah, I'm into it. Don't have much else to say because I know that this next song was in your top three. Yes, it was. Um, for your, um, in for our for the slowly record, um. But something good, something said, the way I'm missing, how I go, given my time, how I raise all parts have to it, I raise it, don't feel bad if you have a feeling that's on my back, rolling in each of the brain away. All right, so that was under lock and key. My number one from Slowly. Number one for Slowly. It was a top three candidate this time around, but didn't make the cut. Okay, so we are um, we are three songs in. Neither of us have our any of our top top three so far. Yeah, yeah. it's gonna take a few uh, tracks before we get to my top three. I will just say that. Um, I think so as well. I don't think I don't think any of my top three enter in for a considerable amount of time. It's uh, the breakdown on this one is super fun. The oh, so good. Yeah. Oh, such a fun one live. Yeah. This You're out is. Of control. Yeah, I'm out of control. Dang, dang. 
the bass sounds super thick. Yeah, it does. This, yeah, this yeah. part. This part. It's great for just having one guitar at that point. Yeah, you really, you it's really impressive. It down. Um, <laughs> April wants to know when I will get Yelly from the Best Life beer. Give it some time. Give it some time. We are uh, live live yeah. streaming. We at are the live. Moment. We are live streaming at the moment. So hey, April. So I've only brought two, um, two two four packs. Wait. wait. <laughs> You've had enough to not know your numbers. I've, I've had enough. I've had enough of the best life IPAs to not know how to count. I brought one four pack, and John and I each had two beers and some scotch and some scotch. So um, that I I'm I might I might get a little bit yelly. Yeah. Okay. So let's watch a chick magnet. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Chick magnet, pretty good, pretty good. Uh, this is th- this album, as we had said at the beginning, is um, unparalleled in terms of how fast it is. Yeah, I think with um, with each song, they they probably shaved off twenty seconds. Yeah, uh, from whatever they did on the on the regular records, um, except even some, for the little. Slow down section they get to later, but you mean if you want to, this is a song you can slow dance to. Is that what you're oh, saying? Yeah. <laughs> I was just you can slow dance to. <laughs> the ding ding ding. GSF. I love slow dancing to songs about how <laughs> girls are terrible. <laughs> Every girl wants to slow dance to this one. Anymore. 
I'll go away. Wow. John, what do you think about the that intro, the introduction of a new lyric to GSF? I think it only adds to this being an incel anthem. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, my favorite part of this version is in the second verse when the instruments just drop out. It's taken me 19 to finally say. She said, can we just be friends? Do you think um, if and when they perform this live today, he goes, it's taken me 42 years. (laughs) (laughs) I hope so. (laughs) Um, I hope it didn't take him 42. (laughs) He's like, Holly, listen, Girls Schmurls Foundation. Yeah, I don't know. Um, I don't, I hope Mike didn't, doesn't say now (laughs) that it's taken him 42 years Finally see, once I got two kids, I figured it out. Once I'd been married for, you know, 15 years, had two kids, oh, (laughs) finally. finally. Girls suck. Girls suck. Girls schmurls. Yep. That's, it's not girls suck, John. Get it together. And just, just saying. (laughs) Just, you're just saying that this is what you're, what you misheard as what gsf stood for i'm happy with with girls Rolls. i think it's a, a better a better acronym i agree um because if you said girls suck forever then you'd be cold and all alone nailed it So fun live. Yep. Um, the right at the end yeah. of the first verse is it's, like it's super head solid for me. Whenever yeah. I hear the regular song, I'm just like, right. Yeah. You know, this is there. I I have even though I don't have any of my top three in this lineup yet. A lot of contenders. There, I I have zero issues. If I were to go to an MXPX show now. And they were to play these yeah. six songs. Yeah. I would have zero issues. Like we said, GSF might be a little weird, <laughs> but I'd still support it. I, <laughs> yeah, I don't know how I would feel with a 42 year old Mike saying, Girls ain't no good anymore. <laughs> but, um, you know, it's still. Wives, Schmives <laughs> Foundation. <laughs> Wives ain't no good. good. Wives ain't no good. That'd be a bummer. That would be a super bummer. <laughs> yeah, Holly, you can just just step out for a moment. Go, go have a drink or a cigarette, yeah. and then Mike can sing this bummer of a song. Um, but this the the intro to this next song make 
<laughs> it makes me really happy because it's just, it's it's super corny. Thanks a lot, you guys. All right. Besides about having a party. Yeah. My house. My house. So Should do something weird there. Yeah. That's how I'm going to do the outro from now on. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's about time for a party at my yeah. house. And it wouldn't be the same without you. No, not at all. As I recall, you've got what I need. Bring it on yourself and don't forget that smile. Plan on staying a while. So summer turns to fall. We're the coolest dudes ever. <laughs> I feel like, honestly, John, as the pod has the pod has gone on, so this is our eighteenth <sighs> as this is our eighteenth episode. Okay. We have we have lost all chill. Yeah. We have, like, the singing, the terrible... I feel like, I mean, we're getting into territory where it's, like, acoustic versions and live songs. And, like, right. I'm not going to not sing over them. No, for sure. And also, we may have had some drinks. <laughs> um, yeah. We've, we've had some drinks. We've, we are... Um, listening to the live song, so we how are we not going to mime through the party my house be there? <laughs> like any cool people would. As any hashtag cool dudes with a Z would When we do. talked to Mike, I was just like, Mike, I love the part where you're like... <laughs> I was like, right on, man. That's one of my favorite parts. Yeah, that, that's... You know, when when I wrote the part, I was like... Man, I really like this song, but it needs a little extra zhuzh. Extra zhuzh, little biladoo. Okay. Not in our top three. Not in our top but three. a good one. Yeah, we're, we're, we're moving through. We are, I don't know if we've ever been through an album. No. Because this is, what number song is this? Is this the ninth song? Sounds right. All right, here's one for you. Here's one for you. Hope you like it. Good intro, Mike. Wasn't this in your top three? It was indeed. Um, I would say it was a candidate for my top three here, but did okay. not quite make the cuts. Okay. So, John. You're I out think... of breath because you were <laughs> windmilling. Oh, my God. <laughs> seconds before. Okay. Do, can you um, 
Can you? We are currently performing for one person on our live stream. Yeah. So can we talk about how out of shape I am? (laughs) Just okay. I was. Was this in your top three? I was air guitaring. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um. So okay, that. In so we have. Um, two. I think we've gone through two of your top three slowly. Yeah, right. Neither one of them that's, made the count here. That's super interesting. I um, my favorite part of this one is the nice little new harmony at the end. Um, Mike kind of goes down in his vocal range and adds a little juice. Excuse me, but oh. you don't know me. Sounds nice. And I sure don't know you. (laughs) (laughs) So great. What a great live song. Oh, it's so good. Um, And this is getting a little old school. Yeah, it is. Thanks, Tom. Happy 42. I forgot there were three Poconacha songs on here. <laughs> yeah, there are. So, Time Brings Change, Walking By, and Wanad. Old school. Yeah. Uh, this was this was a contender for me. Yeah, super fun. It's. I would love to see more Poconacha yeah. songs live. Because one of the reasons this was a contender for me was because of honestly the production on Poconacha left a lot to be desired and I think that there's something that, and we talked about how it's not the songwriting in a lot of cases it's right. the production and I think if they re-recorded Poconacha now hmm. It probably would sound amazing because this song sounds super fun and great live. Really fun. So, and it's also <laughs> super fast. Yeah. So, if they played any of these three Pokemon songs it, live, I would yeah be very excited. Time brings change. Walking by Wanad. Super. I, can, I mean, Wanad, not unlikely, but uh, I no, wouldn't I expect to hear the other. I two. would not. I would not expect. I don't, I don't. You would expect to hear one. I mean, it wouldn't be like whoa. Whereas, like walking by, I would be like, I would be like whoa. <laughs> I think really hearing any Poconacha song live these days would be like whoa. Sure. <laughs> yeah, fair. Because when when Tom's like this, when they're like, this is an old song. That it was it like was four years old. <laughs> it was six today, years ago. It is twenty four <laughs> years old. Yeah, right. All right, so um, this was a song that I was super hyped when mm-hmm. we when we talked about it on the 
um, slowly up. I'll say that it's very fun. It's very fun. I don't think the vocals are quite there. No. <laughs> it just sounds like it's, nothing, it, sort of. Uh, on, on the album, the vocals are... You, you, can tell, you can tell on the album that he went for it more. Yeah. I think Fist versus Tact is a challenging song... To do live when you have another twenty yes. plus songs, and that you don't want to blow your voice out right. halfway through your set. I would. I mean, if I heard that live as it is performed, I'd be like, "Fine, great." But again, like committed to album, I'm kind of like, eh, "I don't know." Didn't yeah. quite get there for me. No, it's it's certainly. If if they played it live, I would be super oh, yeah. happy with a fist great. versus tact live. But um, it didn't it didn't do much for me. You know what? I'd um, be even like happier about hearing live. Small town minds. Do you know how you know it's small town minds? Tell me. Well, Mike can tell you. <laughs> yeah, he can. There you go. For you? Yeah. All right. This was my number one from Let It Happen. It was your number one too, right? Um, I think Small Town Minds so. slash First Class Mail well, was right. my... Well, right. So here's the thing. It's weird without First Class Mail immediately following. Right. Um, I would say really fun, again, but the vocals are a little meh. Like it just... Yeah. Not quite there. Especially on the like, just... Just, well, I'm just like, come on, go for it. Um, okay, okay. But if you had to replace first class mail with something, the next one is the one to do it with. All right, all right. We're going to play an old song. How about that? I like it. If you guys can hang with this, then pretty much hang with anything. Oh, yeah. They never help me. 
Yuri, I salute you, sir. Yuri is you are a fucking incredible. beast. Um, this is my number three. Okay. It was my number one from Poconacha. Um, this, I mean, I love the song so much, and hearing it live, like, so great. I don't remember if I it ever was heard my number. This. It was my number one from Poconacha. Was, yeah, both of our number one. Um, such a great song, and I can't remember if I ever heard this live or not. I mean, probably I did if I saw them in 98, but if they played this today, I sure would be excited. <laughs> That yeah. is a great song. It's already so fast, and the yeah. drums are so nuts. And then to hear it, yeah, even faster, yeah, so great. Yeah, I I don't like I said there are any number of Poconatra songs I would be super pumped to see live. Yeah. Um, and speaking of um, songs that you know when we talk about covers. Songs that would be awesome Ooh. to see live. Oh, yeah. 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 Oh shit! <laughs> oh man. Well, um, I just I just knocked a glass on the floor. Hey man, this is that kind of song. This is that. This, oh shit. <laughs> It is my number one. KKK took my baby away is your number one? <laughs> it's, uh, yeah, I love this. Um, wow. I feel like this gets back a, a to... Cover, a cover song on a live album is your number one. Here's the deal. Here's why. John. It's because... Like I said, because you're a sellout. Yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> a Ramones cover makes me a sellout. Um, <laughs> oh man! I think it gets back to the conversation about like covers and playing live. So like, what I want out of a live record is to hear stuff that's different and to either hear new imaginings of things or all new territory. So to hear this, I'm just like, right. I'm super into it. Like and, I love this song and I love their cover it. And it was honestly the first time I'd ever heard the song. Yeah. When, I, it, when it, it probably so, was for me. I don't know if it's, I mean, I wouldn't call it one of their better known songs or anything like no, that. No. And it was also let it be known that the Christian bookstore, um, scene did not allow, KKK took my baby away. That was a particularly infuriating piece of information that I learned in preparing for the spot is they sold a version of the album without that song. That seems insane to me. What is there to object to here? Yeah. Yeah. They're Um, saying, you guys are painting the KKK in a negative light. (laughs) Is that the issue? I don't, I don't know what the issue is. So my understanding is that, so 
um, this guy, whoever this girl was, was going to L.A., and maybe she got caught up in, like, some sort of right-wing scene or something. Uh, like, I don't, I don't know. I, what I had heard is that it's, like, based <clears throat> in reality that Joey Ramone, who was Jewish, uh, was dating a black woman, and his parents did not approve, and maybe this is legend, but, like, when they, once a friend of his or something asked about why they broke up, he was like, my, the KKK took my baby away. Like, there were racist influences in his life that were Damn. saying, like, you shouldn't be with this woman. Perhaps Damn. that's apocryphal, but um, I, it's such a great song. And their cover, you know, kind of getting back to the, like, what makes a punk cover of a punk song good. Yeah. I mean, doing it twice as fast as the original <laughs> is a good start. Sure, sure. And just, like, such a cool song for them to play and playing it live. Like, I just remember being, like, Again, this is the era coming off of Slowly where I was like, where's the politics, guys? Yeah, right. And like, I have a song about the KKK. I'm like, that's pretty awesome. Yeah. So. It, it was, I think that is certainly a, to, to include a cover yeah. on a live album, that's a pretty gutsy cover. A Ramones cover. At, at sort of their, because they were on this sort of meteoric rise um, in their, they were about to release one of their biggest albums. Right with one of their biggest singles yeah, and to include a song and like right at the time that they were signing with a major label. Right. I think that was a pretty, a pretty gutsy move. I am into it. I'm into it. Ooh. Is that Andrea? Yeah. Andrea? Andrea. Andrea. I work with an Andrea. It's confusing me. to be engaged to <laughs> um not married to nope. but engaged to gotta gotta draw the line somewhere that's right um uh, yeah. pretty straightforward version i yeah, don't know i'm not good stuff not it not i'm not gonna throw andrea live out of bed <laughs> no not <laughs> when not when her face looks like god's grace <laughs> certainly certainly great i mean she walks she walks down a dirt road, so she's getting that exercise. Here's a little here's a little piece of info. Much as our buddy Danny was talking about how the acoustic collection uh, made him realize the true lyrics, I always have said, Andrea, we walked together down the dirt road by the beach. Beach? <laughs> when in fact, he clearly says here, by the bridge... Which makes more sense. Not yeah. a ton of beaches in Kentucky, probably. No. <laughs> Especially a dirt road. Yeah. I don't know why I've always thought of beach, but I heard bridge this week, and I was like, oh, yeah, bridge. Yeah. So that is an interesting anecdote. <laughs> yeah, I I don't think I ever heard beach. Well, I guess you're better than me, Andrew. I, I am. <laughs> um, clearly. Anyway. Anyway. <laughs> This song is lightning fast. <laughs> 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 
Love you, Jesus. How she do her Real, real fast. Yeah. Uh, I think we talked about when we heard the original version um, on the Let It Happen Deluxe that we were like, oh, this is faster than the original, but like this is real, real fast. That's super, super fast. Um, yeah. My favorite part of this version is the me, 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 me at the end. <laughs> yo, yo, yo. So good. No, this is a fun one to hear live. A classic. Classic song. Our theme song. Yeah, dog. Still got that uh, smoke on the water. What's funny is I'm looking at the liner notes right now. On Wikipedia, it credits smoke on the water, whereas in Let It Happen, it does not, which we commented on. Yeah. I don't know if it mentions it here or not. I don't think it does. Well, they credit the Ramones, obviously. Sure, sure. Because it's the the full song, but... Yeah, I think it's super weird that that made it into Let It Happen, the live yeah. show. Yep, it's just part of the deal. But it's just sort of like, yeah, smoke on the water. It's part of the deal. It's, right. part, it's part of the song. You know, that, that super famous song that... <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It's pretty cool to hear the song live. Um like it a lot, but uh, yeah, not in my top three. Nope, not. So we only have so far two out of well, each of one our three? and one. Uh, wait, I've I've said two out of my three. You've oh, only said it, one. I've only said one. I've okay. only said Small Town Minds. Okay, my number one is KKK took my baby away. Okay, my number three is Walking By. Okay, my number two does not show up for a while. Oh snap! Can't wait to hear about your other two. Is it this one? And we gotta stop it now. (laughs) The song is 30 seconds long. Um, Yeah, how do you like that? (laughs) I love it, Mike. Is this the only place the song has ever existed? I don't I don't think it's been on anything else. I don't think it's on anything else. I don't remember this at all but once i heard it i was like oh yeah this is great and yeah it's it's a weird (laughs) it is weird it's a weird song do you remember when there was that comp short music for short people yeah that should have been on that yeah like a 30 second song i wonder if they recorded it for something like that and then it just didn't ever make it onto anything but correct us if we're wrong pxpx nation um Super fun, though. Yeah, I don't know why it's never been on anything else. Fun little curio. Yeah, let's... It, because it, on on the Wikipedia, it says previously unreleased. Yep. Sounds right. 
Yeah, I I think they should they should release prop, it. Re, they should properly record it yep. in 2018. Seems like where they're at these days. Traffic out. Traffic out. All right, I'm into it. All right. It's called invitation understanding. <laughs> wow. Thanks, Mike. Come on, understand and visit me for once today. I'll be grateful you don't even understand. But they are for you to get over to my side of town. Many people like it, like me to be found. Yeah, or sort of the lyrics. Pretty straightforward. Yeah. I don't know. I, I like, like it. it. <laughs> Not especially different. No. You know, some of the songs we say like are like that's especially fast yeah, or yeah. whatever. But um kind of, kind very of kind of like this next song. Ooh. So fast. Is that Dolores I hear? So fast. So fast. So fun. Oh my gosh. I love it. I love it. It is so much. Just outside my top three. It's not in my top three either. Broke my heart to make it number four. But uh, it is there with a bullet. So fun live. I can't remember. I feel like this is kind of a live staple. I don't know why it wouldn't be since yeah. it's, a, it's a buck and change. Back then, at least, I feel like I definitely heard it live, live a couple of times. Right. And I would love to hear it live again today. I would be pumped to hear it live whenever they come back and decide to announce any tour dates. Hmm. Whenever that is, for fuck's sake. <laughs> um... Now, oh I shit! I love that Dolores goes straight into middle name. Oh shit! My number two. Okay. This was my number two from life in general. Didn't make the cut here, but. You son <laughs> of a bitch. Close, though. I mean, Wimotion whiz my middle name. <laughs> <laughs> Mike's Delivery Corner all over the place. Yeah. Also, wet the show. <laughs> I love hearing. But it's classic. It this is. is this this spawns a classic moment. Yes. All right, you guys. This this is three. this is one of the reasons I put this on my number yeah, two. Right. Certainly a contender for me. Yeah, 
That sounds so great to it hear. It sounds amazing. It is wonderful. Um, yes, that stretch would be a place for general show announcements often. They'd yeah. be like, we got a new album coming out. Go buy a t-shirt. All right. At the show. <laughs> um, so, I, yes, it, you're certainly right that it is very classic live song. Close to making my cut. Didn't quite make it. Blew it. <laughs> all right. All right, okay. Okay, okay, all right. All right. I get it. Okay, all right. I'm okay. You're okay. My favorite part of this version is the cool new guitar part at the ending. I mean, the regular version just fades out, whereas here, we we really rock it out. That is, that's true. Pretty pretty straightforward again. I don't know. Sounds good. Um, Not making my list. We only have two songs left. Ooh, is one, one of, of them on my top three? It's good. <laughs> yes, I mean, it if I know math, and I do. <laughs> you guys have been rad. Thanks a lot. Thanks, Mike. Thanks, Mike. You're rad, too. We like you. We like you, Mike. We got two more left. Ooh, yeah. Oof. This is where we get kind of dirty. Oh, oh shit. Yeah, Mike. Oh, damn. Ah. Oh, shit. Are we going there? We're going there. Um, my number two. My number three. Yes. It's so unexpected. Like yep. it's awesome to hear this live. Oh, God, so um, good. I can't imagine this was something they did beyond this tour. Again, correct I me if I'm did. wrong. But like, what a fun one to hear live. I do miss the ending screams a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> They need to get Jeff Becker yes. to come back on When they do on the 90-pound Wuss reunion tour. Yep, when they do the 90-pound Wuss. They'll bring him out on stage. MXPX reunion tour into it. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> um, One more. Not to be for, not to, not to, you know, poo-poo the classic punk rock show ending. Yeah. Which I would love, I love you know that 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 is the classic end but Obvi. the theme fiasco pretty good i would love to see a theme fiasco it's a great so penultimate thanks mike thanks tom thanks jury Go 
This is 1,000% Mike's delivery yes. corner. <laughs> There's no use in to. <laughs> um, yes. No other closing track would suffice. No. Uh, um, to do a super fun, drawn-out ending. This is my um, my favorite part of the drawn-out ending. Wait. I wonder if they did it encore after that. Seems like they would have. There's no way to do an encore after, after punk, punk rock, rock show. show. No, fair enough. That there's no um, way. No classic contender for top three. Okay, so go through your top three again. Um, my top three: Small Town Minds, yeah. Middle Name, yeah. Theme Fiasco. Okay. Number one for me: KKK. Number two: Theme Fiasco. Number three: Walking By. So, I again like. Probably any of these really could have made my top three. Such a fun batch of songs. It's it makes me excited to see a them again. Solid, solid live performance. Yeah. Um, you know, and I gotta say that between this and the live um, album that they put out a couple years ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, my understanding is that it was like a primarily supposed to be like a f- filmed right, um, right. show. I don't know. I I prefer the audio of this yeah. to the new the newer live show. It just this this album sounds just sounds really great. It it I don't know. Maybe probably because of um, Bill and Stefan. Stefan. Stefan and Bill crushing it on the production. Yeah, it sounds pretty great. Sounds really record. great. Um, um, yeah. Any any final parting thoughts? Uh, I don't know if I have any uh, final thoughts other than whenever they come through Chicago for their yeah. next tour. I'm, I'm looking for some small town minds. Oh, that would be. So I would great. love. I would love some "Let It Happen" and some Poconatcha. I'd take any Poconatcha song. I'd be pretty happy. They threw theme fiasco in. What a day! Yeah. Um. Yeah. Well. And it's and it's a, um, tight forty eight minutes for a live show. You know. Yeah. This is shorter. This is shorter than Secret Weapon. <laughs> Ugh, yeah, it is. Um, all right. All right. I have to pee. So. Yes. Well, you. <laughs> okay. 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 Fine. So, John, hit us with the socials. All right. You're gonna want to follow us on Twitter and Instagram. Boom. At Magnified Pod. Mm-hmm. You're gonna want to email us. We don't get a lot of email. Love. We don't send get a lot email. of email. Yes, yeah, send us an email. MagnifiedPod at gmail.com. Boom. Uh, oh shit! If you would, you're a mess. <laughs> <laughs> Subscribe if you Subscribe. haven't yet. Rate and review us. Yep. Wherever you get your podcasts. Yeah. Uh, such as Apple Podcasts, iTunes, 
Stitcher, Google Play, Spotify, YouTube, Boom. all the places. Give us a call. Yep. 872-762-4763 or 872-7-MAG-POD. Uh, guess what? On our next episode... <laughs> we don't know what we're doing. I think we're covering Let's Rock. That's right. Uh, when it'll be the time... <laughs> <laughs> i just can't do it you can never do it <laughs> here's the deal guys <laughs> when we cover let's rock it'll yeah. be about time for podcasts at our house I mean, why don't you do yourself a favor <laughs> join us won't you <laughs> it wouldn't be the same without you <laughs> Wimotion. yeah where's my middle wham yeah why in bed? Listening to the Wayne. What's that?